Well, good morning, and I hope that you are looking forward to your weekend, that you had a good week, and that the things that we've talked about uh, throughout the week have been encouragement and helpful to you. And uh, I just want to say thank you for joining us, and I enjoy doing these studies, and I hope that they're very profitable to you. The passage that we've been looking at this week is Luke chapter 11, verses 29 through 33. And we've been focusing our attention on the folly of rejecting God's grace. Well, this morning, what I'd like to do as we enter in the weekend is I'd like to kind of put it all together with some final thoughts. So let's read the passage one more time. And then from there, we will uh, look at some very practical things that I hope we can see just naturally flow out of these verses. Here's what the scriptures say. And when the people were gathered thick together, he began to say, this is an evil generation. They seek a sign, and there shall no sign be given it but the sign of Jonas the prophet. For as Jonas was the sign unto the Ninevites, so shall also the Son of Man be to this generation. The Queen of the South shall rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. And the men of Nineveh shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonas. Behold, a greater than Jonas is here. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, put it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. Now, as we've looked at this passage of scripture, we've seen that Jesus calls us an evil generation, not because he despises them, but to rebuke them and to confront them and to establish the fact that they had access to truth unlike any other generation leading up to this time. They had the opportunity to have firsthand accounts of what was going on. They had all of the information from the Old Testament and the fulfillment of prophecy right there before their eyes. Yet they rejected it. And he warns them that there are generations that are going to rise up at the judgment and say, we received far... We, 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 we acted on far less than you have. We received the little we were given. And you've been given so much. How could you reject this? That is the sense of what he's saying. Well, how do we take this and apply it practically to our own situation? We are not that generation of Jews from the first century. We don't have firsthand eyewitness accounts where we can sit down and talk to someone who saw Christ's ministry and saw him resurrected. But what we do have in some ways, is arguably more. There are some senses in which we are more privileged than this generation. And I know that there are senses in which they are more privileged than we are. But the fact is, we have access to all kinds of information. We have more access to Scripture than these people had. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. We have research tools that are so helpful in helping us dig into the Scriptures. We have the, the history of the church, and we can learn from the history of the church. And the fact is, we have a lot to answer to God for. Think about the modern technologies that we have, the scientific discoveries that we have today, where we have all these evidences for the wisdom and the power of God as creator and designer and sustainer. Ancient peoples didn't have this kind of information that we have today. We have 2,000 years of church history. Think about all the examples of people who suffered and endured the inspirational stories of church history, the lessons we can learn from these people's lives, the battles that they fought uh, for the truth, their willingness to give 
everything for the cause of Christ. We can learn from those people's lives. We have the opportunity to listen to theological podcasts, to listen to sermons, to read books in ways that people didn't have access to. You know, even the fact that we're doing these anchored in the word studies, the, the truth is because of technology, uh, some of you have the opportunity to, to, to listen to these uh, discussions every single day. And you can go back and you can listen to one multiple times if there are certain pieces that you missed and you want to go back and you want to digest those things. People in these days didn't have that kind of information, those kinds of opportunities. We are a people who have a high level of accountability because of how much we've been given. And we have the potential to become very complacent and very callous to the truth. To put it very simply, there's a great danger in having this level of access to truth. Not that I'm against having this level of access to truth. I'm so thankful I can read my Bible every single morning. I can pull out research tools and I can do very quick research. And I can read the things that others have preached and taught about passages of scripture. I am so thankful for those things. But having so much access can dull my conscience and can actually harden my heart if I'm not responding consistently the right way to the opportunity that I have to come in contact with the truth. It's possible for us to excuse terrible, sinful patterns and to do it because we can excuse it being, well, I discuss theology and I love to debate and I love to read and I love to learn these things. And it's almost like we gloss over what we are allowing by this other thing. We have a danger that we can fall into. We need to be gripped by the truth every single time we come in contact with the word of God. Every time we read the Bible, it should press us to repentance, to encouragement, to worship, to a conviction we must obey and walk in conformity to God's purposes. God wants us to become more holy and more consecrated, not just smarter and more, more knowledgeable about the truth. He wants truth to grip us and to motivate us and to move us. He doesn't want us to just become theological hobbyists. He wants us to not just become consumers of information. He wants us to become godly saints who walk consistent with the position that we have. He wants us to open our Bibles with a humble anticipation of what he wants us to know. And so I want to challenge you. When you come to church on Sunday, come with a desire to grow, to learn, to be fed, to be changed. Come with a passion to worship God and learn more about him and to serve the body of Christ. Don't come as a consumer. Come as a humble learner, a disciple of Christ. And if there's someone who's wa watching these, uh, this series or listening to this series and you've never placed your faith in Christ, I want to encourage you, don't delay that. Don't push it off. Every time we have access to the truth and we push it off, we become a little bit more calloused, a little bit more hardened, a little bit more desensitized to the truth. We need to be a people who embrace the grace that is given to us so that we can be a people that are changed by the word of God. May the Lord help us to be that kind of a people. Hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week and then weekend. If this has been an encouragement to you, please take a moment to share how that's been an encouragement. Perhaps share it with someone who can be blessed by it. And Lord willing, we'll see many of you on Sunday. Have a great day. Bye now.